0: Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Runner. Thanks for letting me come right into your space. Today, we're wrapping up the brand new teaching series called The Point of No Return. I've wanted to teach it for years and we finally did it. And now we're offering you the series by the same title called The Point of No Return, tackling your next new assignment with courage and common sense. Some people have courage. That's all they have. Other people have common sense, but they don't have courage. You have to have both. You have to have courage and common sense to do anything that God puts in front of you. And this series is designed to help you tackle that next new assignment with courage and with common sense. And it is just filled with life experience that Denise and I have learned as we have passed the point of no return many times to do the impossible. And you can do it too. And that's why I've taught you this series. Anyway, it's 10 parts. And it comes in multiple formats. Please order yours by going online or by giving us a call. And it comes with a study guide. And remember, today is the last day we're offering this series. And we're offering you the book by the same title, The Point of No Return. It's one of my favorite books that I've written. I've written a lot of books, but this really is one of my favorites. So please go online or give us a call and you can order yours today. As I've told you every day, the back of the book says, Adventure beyond anything you've ever imagined awaits you. I really believe that. God's waiting for you to cross your Jordan River and to enter into your land of promise. But there are five things that stop people from achieving their dream. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. But I'll be back in just a moment. And I want to pray for you.
1: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
0: Today, I'm going to be giving you five reasons why people fail to pass the point of no return. Many people sit on the banks. They look across the river and they think about it. They think about all the energy and effort it's going to take to cross those raging rivers. They don't know what's going to happen when they get there. And some never get over the Jordan into the territory where God has called them. And today I'm going to give you five reasons why people fail to fulfill their dream. And if any of these touch you, I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm trying to help you because I want you to get where God wants you to be. But let's begin with reason number one. And I'm teaching from my book, The Point of No Return. Reason number one, are you ready? Okay, forgive me, but here it comes laziness. <laughs> the Bible has a lot to say about lazy. People. For example, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9 to 11 says, How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man. That's pretty powerful. Or how about Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4? It says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. It's just too cold to go out and work. And the result? Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. He could have everything if he was willing to deal with his flesh and get up and go do what he's called to do. But the lazy person tends just to vegetate. Here's what I write. Lazy people often complain about having no energy. But of course they have no energy. If a person sits and does nothing for weeks or months on end, watching television and sleeping the time away, that person will lose his motivation and have a difficult time getting back into the flow of things. His lethargic behavior will also put his body into a state of sedation. And my friends, it's really the truth. And let me ask you, how many successful people do you know that are lazy? I think the answer would be none. People that are successful are people who put their hand to the plow. They really understand that if they're going to be successful, they have to work their ground. But, you know, the flesh is flesh. And the flesh tends to say, reading from my book, slow down. You don't need to do any more. You've already done more than others. But if you've really been working hard and you're tired, then certainly you should sit down and rest. But don't let your flesh deceive you by telling you that you've already done more than the average person would do because God never called you to be average. He didn't call you to be average. And if you're going to be above average, then you have to do more than the average person would do. My friends, you've got to put your hand to the plow. You've got to work your ground. And if you do, the blessing of God will come to you. But let's go to reason number two. Reason number two is unrealistic fantasies. What do I mean by that? Well, listen to this verse. Proverbs 28, verse 19 in the New International Version says, those who work their ground will have abundant food. Well, that's logical. But listen to the second part of the verse. But those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. That verse came to me very early in my walk with the Lord and in my career. And I understood that if I wanted to have abundant food, then I had to do something. This verse says, those who work their ground will have abundant food. And my friends, that's part of my own work ethic. And I'm an extremely hard worker. I work all day, every day, and I thrive on it. And I understand that if I don't work, I'm not going to produce anything. But this verse promises that if you work your ground, that is, if you plow the ground, if you pull the weeds, if you plant the seed water the seed, take care of it, eventually you're going to have a harvest. That's the promise of God. Just sitting around and hoping that something's going to miraculously grow is not going to cut it. You've got to put yourself into it. But there are people who really think, I'm just going to sit around and wait for God to do something marvelous. And the second part of the verse describes those people. It says, those who chase fantasies will have their fill of Poverty. There really are fantasy seekers, and I run into them all the time. They tell me they're going to do this and they don't do it. And then they tell me they're going to do this and they don't do it. And I say, Well, what are you going to do to make it happen? I'm just waiting on the Lord. My friends, it's good to wait on the Lord, but you have to do more than wait on the Lord. The verse says, Those who work their ground will have abundant food. And if you have children or grandchildren, you need to teach this to them. Good things don't just come by accident. You have to put forth effort. It's one of my favorite verses. And listen, in John 15, verse 8, Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified, that you shall bear much fruit, and so shall ye be my disciples. Which means if you're really a disciple, you're going to produce fruit. And to produce fruit, you've got to put your whole heart into it. And remember, the Galatians. Chapter 6, verse 7 says, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you don't put any seed in the ground, you're not going to get anything out of it. If you think, by just looking at the ground and believing that something's going to pop out of the soil... My friends, you're chasing a fantasy. In order for you to enter into your promised land and occupy that territory and really conquer it and produce something with it, you've got to put everything you have into it. You've got to work your ground. Oh, I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit drove this into my heart. When I was a young man, I've lived my life by this principle, and I've known a lot of fantasy seekers. And at the end of their lives, they don't have much to show for what they claimed they would do. But those who really put their hands to the plow, they always produce something. So I'm asking you today, do you understand what God has told you to do? Are you really doing something to achieve it? Or are you just waiting for the heavens to split and something grand and glorious to fall out? If that's true, you are a fantasy seeker and you will never fulfill what God has called you to do. But let's go to reason number three. Are you ready? slothfulness. (laughs) What does that mean? Well, another destructive enemy of your dream and your call is slothfulness. Well, let me talk to you about slothfulness, quoting to you from Proverbs 15, verse 15. It says, slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. So we understand that a slothful person is Idle, they're not doing much. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 19, it says, The way of the slothful man is as a hedge of thorns. That doesn't sound very good, does it? Or in Proverbs 18, verse 19, we read, He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. How would you like for people to think of you and your work as a waste? That is what people think of a slothful person. So I need to ask you some questions and I'm reading to you from the point of no return. What do other people say about you and your work? Are you known by your peers as an industrious, enthusiastic, or worker? Or do people think of you as a fifth wheel? What does God think of your attitudes concerning work and fulfilling your dream? If you had to stand... Before the judgment seat of Christ today, would you be satisfied with the manner in which you carried out God's plan for your life? Or would you be embarrassed knowing that you only half-heartedly and begrudgingly did what God asked you to do? My friends, don't be a sloth. That person is a great waster. Then in Proverbs Chapter 22, verse 13, we see the perspective of a slothful man who makes excuses to avoid taking action. It says, the slothful man says, there's a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. That is the equivalent of saying, you know what? I live in a region of the world where there's earthquakes and who knows? There might be an earthquake today. I think I need to stay home. Or the equivalent of somebody saying, you know what? I live in Oklahoma, Kansas, or Texas. It's Tornado Alley. Who knows? The skies are dark today. There could possibly be a tornado. Maybe there won't. But I think I'm just going to stay home today and do nothing. The slothful person is always looking for an excuse to do nothing. This is what the Bible says. And closely related to slothfulness. Are you ready? is blaming other people or outside circumstances for one's failures and problems. Most of the slothful people I've known in my life blame their difficulties on the devil. They blame their difficulties on their upbringing or on their job, on their friends, their family, their pastor. Mm. Because they see every problem as someone else's fault, they never see the need to take responsibility for their own lives. That's what the Bible tells us about the slothful person. And we also read in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1, By much slothfulness the building decayeth. It's because you're not taking care of the house. You're being slothful. And through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. And this verse identifies slothfulness as a who-cares outlook on life. And this poisonous attitude leads to laziness and idleness and slothfulness ultimately neutralizes a person in every area of his life. And if this describes you, you can change and it's time for you to change. I would advise you to take a little test. Just look around your house. See if the building is falling through. Is everything maintained and in order? Or do you see all around you? The sink is full of dishes. The yard has not been mowed. You're not paying your bills on time. That's all a manifestation of slothfulness. And my friends, slothfulness eventually will begin to seep into every part of your life. And you're the only one who can make a decision to stop it by surrendering to the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. And you can do it. Then we come to reason number four. Are you ready for this? Creature comforts. I'm reading from my book. Creature comforts are amenities that make our lifestyles easy and comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with creature comforts. There's nothing wrong with owning a lot of nice things. And I hope that you own a lot of nice things. It only becomes a problem if the convenience and comfort of those amenities provide, make you so snug and warm in life that you won't leave them behind to take a step of faith. Faith. You know, when Denise and I moved our family to the former Soviet Union in 1991, it was the worst moment anybody would move to the former Soviet Union. There was no sugar. You couldn't buy it in the stores. At one point, we couldn't buy eggs. You could hardly buy flour. So many things were gone, and these are not amenities, these are essentials. And when we moved into this part of the world, we learned what is important and what is not important. You can live without a microwave. You can live without a television. You can't live without water. You can't live without electricity. You can't live without food. There are essentials and there are creature comforts. I hope you have a lot of creature comforts. But you can't let your creature comforts become so important to you that you say, I just can't give this up to cross over the Jordan. I just can't give it up. My friends, you're going to miss what's across the Jordan. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The people who cling to their comfort will never occupy new territory. Then we come to reason number five. Are you ready for this? Reason number five, believing a bad report. What do I mean by that? Well, this one is really, really important. It is important who you listen to. In Numbers chapter 13, the Bible tells us, the Moses sent his delegation of 12 spies into the promised land to discover what awaited them on the other side. And the land proved to be fertile, full of luscious grapevines and large figs and pomegranate trees. And the Bible tells us the spies actually found a cluster of grapes so huge, they had to heave it up onto two spears and carry it on their shoulders back to show Moses what they had found. And in Numbers chapter 13, Verses 27 to 28, we read that after 40 days of searching out the land of promised, the spies returned, and they said to Moses, We came into the land with a us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it, showing this big cluster of grapes. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in that land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Well, the children of Anak were the giants. And they brought back this evil negative report. But one among them named Caleb spoke up and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Interesting. The ten spies saw giants, but Caleb and his friend Joshua saw fruit. What do you see When you look across the river into the land where God is calling you, do you see giants or do you see fruit? You're going to get exactly what you see. But when Caleb spoke up to encourage the people we read in verse 31, that they said, we will not go up against this people for they are stronger than us. And in verse 32 and verse 33, it goes on to say, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. But Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit. They saw fruit. The other spies saw giants. But the report of the 10 unbelieving spies was evil because it promoted unbelief in the ability of God. My friends, that is what an evil report is. Listen to this. Any report that says you and God aren't big enough to do what he's called you to do, Is evil. If you believe that kind of report, your unbelief will annihilate your hope and dream. But when the people of Israel heard the report of the 10 negative spies, the Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 14, verse 2, they cried out and said, Would to God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that God would let us die in the wilderness. And guess what? Those people got exactly what they prayed. They died in the wilderness because of their unbelief, God forbid them to go into the land of promise. But Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit. They saw fruit. Ah, They could hardly wait to get into the land of promise because they saw fruit there. So I have to ask you today, what do you see? Do you see giants? Are you dwelling on the giants and it's keeping you from passing the point of no return. My friends, I'm not denying the reality of giants. The giants were there. Everyone saw the giants. But the ten spies said, we're not able to overcome them. But two spies, Joshua and Caleb, knew the power of God. They'd seen the power of God. They knew the faithfulness of God. And they said, hey, if God is calling us into that land, we can do it. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, and we are well able to overcome it and to possess it. And so are you. You can cross that Jordan. You can pass through those raging currents. You've got to put your feet in the water. Then God will do His part. He'll part the water. You'll walk through on the other side. That's just victory number one. When you get to the other side, there really are giants that you will confront. But you and God together are enough to take them down. And step by step, God will begin to give you that territory that you've been waiting for. God said, every place you you put the sole of your feet, that have I given unto you. You've got to get there. You've got to get started. You've got to begin moving your feet. If you just sit on the banks and look at the other side and allow these five hindrances that I've referred to today to stop you, then you're going to fail. But that choice is yours. You do not have to fail. Rather, you need to deal with your flesh and surrender to the sanctifying, empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. Embrace it, and He will give you everything you need to get through the water, to get to the other side, and to begin walking across that territory until finally it's no longer a dream about your future, but it becomes your reality. If you will work your ground and do it, you'll have abundant food. If you just think about it, then you're doing nothing but chasing after a fantasy. And the Bible says you'll have your fill of poverty. So it's time for you to say, Lord, here I come. I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to pass the point of no return and begin to do what you've asked me to do. I'll be back in just
1: a moment, and I want to pray for you. Many people know what they're supposed to do. But at times, the path to get there is like crossing the raging waters of the Jordan River at flood stage. They just don't know how to get from where they are to where they need to be. In this series, The Point of No Return, Rick takes us into the life of Joshua to learn how he stepped across the Jordan into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And God has a fabulous future waiting for you too. But to get there, you must make a decision to pass the point of no return. In this insightful 10-part series, you'll learn... God is waiting for you to take the big leap into your promised land. God doesn't choose people by accident. What to do if your assignment seems impossible. How to understand your boundaries and perimeters. The five primary reasons people fail. This faith-filled series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $20. We're also offering the accompanying book, The Point of No Return, for $15. In his classic and updated message, Rick presents a clear, no-nonsense approach to help you prepare for and carry out each new assignment God gives you in pursuit of his purpose for your life. Don't miss these exciting offers, the series The Point of No Return and the companion book The Point of No Return. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
2: The holiday season always brings about fond memories and cherished traditions. For many, one of those cherished traditions is the reading of the Christmas story. In Rick Rinner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, your family can uncover the beautiful details of a nativity story you have never heard.
0: When I was growing up, I heard the same Christmas story year after year, and I loved it. When I got older, I found treasures in the Christmas story that no one had shared with me. That's what is in this book, and I wrote it to share with you and for you to share with those whom you love.
2: Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, the rest of the story invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across decorated pages in a coffee table-sized format. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, $35 you'll receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. Christmas is a special time when you can pass your faith on to your children and grandchildren. With this engaging new book, you can reinforce the true meaning of Christmas, Jesus, the savior of the world. With magnificent illustrations across nearly 300 pages, your family will create a special tradition that will last for generations. Great as a gift or enhancing your own traditions, Pre-order the book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer.
0: This is Rick Renner and my friends. Right now, we're in the very middle of our ministry expansion project. It's three phases. Phase one was building the new studio in Moscow. You helped us do that. Thank you. Phase two was finishing the interior of the studio. You helped us do that. Thank you. Now we're in phase three, which is retiring the debt on the ministry headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our ministry has never had debt. The reason we've been able to do what we've done is because we've never had to service debt. When we built our building in Riga, we did it cash. When we built the building in Moscow, it is amazing that we were able to do it with cash. And now we want to retire the debt on the Tulsa headquarters building so we can liberate all that money to really take the teaching of the bible around the world you know it's never about buildings it's about having an anchor where the word of God can go forth and in that Tulsa facility we're taking calls from people who are literally calling us from all over the world and from that facility we're producing tv programs social media We're fulfilling orders for books and giving away thousands and thousands of different resources to people who are reaching out to us because they believe that we provide teaching they can trust. And it's very important that we retire that debt as quick as possible because it will liberate funds for the preaching of the word to the ends of the earth. And that is what we're called to do. And today I want to ask you to please continue to be a part of our giving team so we can retire the debt on the Tulsa building and then we'll be finished with a ministry expansion project. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for becoming a part of the giving team. Today I have wrapped up 10 days of teaching from my book The Point of No Return. Have you enjoyed it? Would you please communicate with me, send me an email, or go on social media? But let me know how this series has ministered to you. I have really enjoyed it, and I pray that it's been a blessing to you. But today is the last day that we're offering you this series called The Point of No Return. It's 10 parts, and it comes in multiple formats. The subtitle says, Tackling Your Next New Assignment with Courage and Common Sense. You need both of these And if you have these, you can do anything that God tells you to do. But this series comes with a study guide that is just loaded. It is filled to the brim with everything in the series so that you can read it while you're seeing it and hearing it and really get this teaching down deep inside you. And today is also the last day that we're offering you my book, which is called The Point of No Return. The back of the book says adventure beyond anything you've ever imagined awaits you. Please order all these things by going online right now or by giving us a call. And please remember to let us know how to pray for you. We really want to join you in prayer for whatever it is that you're dealing with right now. We'll pray in faith. We'll agree with your faith. And God will move. But let me pray for you right now. Father, thank you that you've called us to pass the point of no return. And Lord, if any of these five things are in any of our lives, we ask you to help us identify it, crucify it, and yield to the power of the Holy Spirit so we can move out of it and do what it is that you've asked us to do. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. I'll see you Monday when we're going to begin a brand new series. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8, 4, where the word of a king is. There really is power.
1: Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.